it is time to unleash the warrior within you. Are you ready? Welcome to another exciting episode of Beautiful Adaptive Warrior. I'm your host, Angie Huser. Hey, I want to give a shout out to PT student Amanda Miller. Thank you so much for the interview today and for allowing me to tell my story. Before we jump into today, I'd also like to share with you that I have some very special guests lined up for the next month and a half, two months that uh, I don't want you to miss. So make sure that you um, subscribe to the podcast and make sure you share it um, between doctors and physical therapists and um, other amputees. I have a lineup of people coming your way and I can't wait to share with you. So to get underway, this episode is based on a very personal experience um, that I just recently had, and thus the reason this is titled Embracing Vulnerability. It is a place a lot of us don't want to go, a place we shy away from, and sometimes we even ignore or pretend we don't have any vulnerabilities. But I hate to tell you, we all have them. So, to get rid of the stigma and the idea that that makes you a weaker person, I am going to share with you a very profound moment I had two weekends ago. So, my husband and I have now celebrated 26 years of marriage. We are high school sweethearts, and I feel like I'm always trying to figure out something to do for our anniversary. Well, if you are from Arizona, um, down in Tucson, there is a wonderful resort called Miraval. Um, there's also one in Texas, and there's another one someplace else, but I'm not even sure where it's at. But for this sake, we are going to Tucson. So two weeks ago, I had, well, actually a couple months ago, I had planned on a just a weekend getaway for my husband and I. Now, what you have to understand about Miraval is it's a very special place. And it is um, a place for you to disconnect from electronics and the busyness of life and really kind of find out a little bit about yourself um, to connect with your spouse. Um, a lot of people will go, girlfriends will go together, um, sometimes business retreats. Anyways, there's team building courses there. There's yoga classes. There's breathing exercises. There's a spa. It's a very nice place to go. And um, quite a treat to be able to go there. Now, I'm from the Midwest originally, but family from Iowa and Nebraska. And so I had been on farms and since I was a little girl, and I think like most little girls, I've always loved horses. So this is a story about a horse. When we went to Miraval two weekends ago, I had decided to try an equestrian experience. Now, I'm not talking riding horses. Um, I actually signed us up for um, what they call the Purple Sage Meditation, which takes you to the equestrian area of the property. And you get to be around um, some older horses, those that, you know, they're not being ridden anymore, but they are old souls, calm, calm. Um, kind of at peace with 
where they're at in life. Now, I, um, <laughs> I was very, very excited, needless to say. So this is kind of one of those things that's on my dream bucket list to always be around horses, to own my own horse, et cetera, et cetera. That never goes away. Even from a little girl on, I've, that's something I've always loved and uh, wanted to be around. Well, we uh, got there and one of the first things we did was to sit. We sat outside a corral and you could see there were four horses there and there were four of us in this small group and, um, the instructor just kind of talked to us about being calm and being present because really that's kind of the whole mission of Miraval is, um, is being present, being in the moment, um, and doing something for yourself. Um, and I know that we all get swept away with the day-to-day, -day, um, grind of work or, um, studies, cleaning homes, whatever it is that you do, but, um, they wanted us to just be present in the moment with these horses. So before we could go in, we had to take a kind of a assessment of where we were at, where we were holding tension. Uh, for me, it's usually lower back and my shoulders. Um, and definitely I find more so now that I'm, I'm after, after I come back from Miraval, I'm always more present, and, you know, and I'm trying to stay in that moment. But um, I noticed that um, as an amputee, I kind of tighten my leg a lot um, and then realize I'm really holding into my residual limb to hold my leg up or whatever. And I have to breathe and relax my muscle that's there that's holding everything up. It's not going anywhere. This leg's not falling off. So I don't know why I'm so tense, but I guess I'm starting to hold it in my leg. Anyway, I started realizing, okay, relax. I was excited, but I was still excited. Like, you know, I was trying to calm down, but I was excited. I couldn't wait to actually be in there and these horses were huge um you know you kind of get up to them and the tips of their ears probably at you know six and a half seven feet tall seven probably seven feet tall and um you know just massive muscle and you don't realize until you're right up against them how how big they are and how impressive their stature is so after we were allowed to get in there were a couple horses right up by the gate where we walked in and there were a couple that were further away, kind of introverts, as she said. So we went in and then she kind of did a body scan, which basically was, okay, feel your head, feel your face, hear the wind, listen to the birds, relax your shoulders, and kind of just do a body scan all the way down to your toes. Now I will tell you, just taking that away from the weekend would be wonderful. Because every once in a while, I will realize, like I said, that I'm tightening up around my leg to hold my leg up. And instead of finding a relaxing place where I can just relax the muscle in my residual limb or that I'm, you know, slumped over at my desk right now and needing to sit up and, and just take the load off. But that was just to get us relaxed. We probably spent about five or 10 minutes doing that. And then she said, I want you to notice something. And we looked around and the other two horses were right behind us now. They had actually come over to us as we brought in a calm presence into the corral. Now, what, what happens next is you have to understand my personality. I never shy away from a challenge. And if I see one, I will definitely go for it. Um, 
which ends up proving to teach me a valuable lesson in this situation. So there were two ladies that were there together and they were with one horse and they kind of just shared that horse. They pet that horse. We were supposed to just kind of get to feel it. How does the nose feel? How coarse is the hair? Get the texture, feel the muscle, feel the breathing of the horse if it allowed you to pet it. And so they already had one horse and they were, they were content. And my husband and I were here near the other horse. Well, I decided I'm going to go to one of the introverts that just walked over. Needless to say, that horse was ready to teach me a lesson. And one I will not forget for a very, very long time. Now, um, the other thing you need to understand about me is for those of you that have not heard my podcast, I am an above knee amputee. I'm just two years and about three months out from that amputation. It was an elected surgery, so I knew it was coming. I spent months preparing for it, months being upset or worried about it, and and then coming to terms with it. And I think I've done pretty well with it. Um, I've kind of grabbed the bull by the horn, so to speak, and, and really have enjoyed the last couple of years of my life and doing the things that I never thought I'd do again but also trying new things. Like I said, won't shy away from a challenge. Going to Kauai and surfing for the first time as an amputee or getting on a skateboard for the first time as an amputee. That I wouldn't suggest. That's a tough one. But I don't shy away from those challenges and I'm always looking to see what it is that I can accomplish, especially when I heard doctors telling me that I probably would never walk again if I amputated. And I'll tell you right now, there's nothing that lights a fire under me than someone telling me never. Well, I see this horse. It's a beautiful horse. It's brown and white. And it's just kind of sitting there. And I decided I'm going to go over to it. So I left the horse that my husband and I were at. And what we were supposed to do is, like I said, we were supposed to kind of pet it, feel the muscle, feel the texture of the muzzle, the hair, the coarseness of the mane, um, just be present right? Let it go. Be present with that horse. Now I'm thinking I'm doing really great because I'm over there with the horse that was an introvert and, you know, thinking that maybe he just totally liked me and I had this great aura about me that was calm. And because I'm like totally, I, I thought I had been totally embraced my, my uniqueness. But I did have the question before we went in there, will they notice that I'm an amputee? Will they notice that it's plastic and metal, that I'm different? Will they sense something? And the instructor just said, well, yeah, they'll probably notice there's a different smell, but maybe nothing else. That is, unless you're carrying something inside of you that you never really realized or tried to kind of shove way down deep. Now, I never realized I was doing this, but I will tell you, in a very vulnerable, vulnerable moment. How profound going up to a horse, trying to pet it and have it jerk its head away from you. And I'm like, okay, all right, you're not ready for me. I just walked over and, you know, if you're an amputee, you understand that walking, um, it takes practice. Okay. And I think I do pretty good at my normal gait. I mean, there's times I just kind of hobble a little bit, but on um, dirt and uneven gravel and stuff in a corral. I was very nervous about tripping or falling. And I was really trying to be graceful going up to the horse and, and like not tippy toeing, but you know, when you go up to a bigger 
creature like that, you want to kind of go in, not like a bowl in a china shop, but you want to go in nice and even. And so that's what I tried to do. I thought I did okay, but I also knew that I was really tense because of that. So when I was trying to pet it, it jerked its head away once. So okay, so I, I kind of pulled my hands back and put them beside me and just waited. And he kind of looked over at me again. And I tried to pet him again. He pulled his head away quickly again. And then I went towards his shoulder thinking, well, maybe he doesn't want his head touched. Went to his shoulder. And at that moment, at that very, very moment, this horse walked away from me. But he didn't walk away from everybody. He actually walked towards everyone else. I was the only one that kind of walked away from the edge of the corral into the center. And he left me there alone. I looked at my husband who gave me that all-knowing look that said, okay, keep it together. Keep it together. You can do this, Ange. You can do this. Because I had a lump in my throat and tears were going to well. It, in, in a second, they were getting ready. And the instructor and I kind of looked at each other and she goes, feels like rejection, doesn't it? And I'll tell you what, she hit the nail on the head. Man, I have never felt so alone and so rejected by a creature I would say I feel is very intuitive. And I thought I knew how I felt, how I was so calm and cool. And I had this no problem. I'm like, I love horses. They're going to love me. It was sheer rejection. And it stuck me in the heart so hard that I almost didn't recover from that moment. And that was the look that my husband was giving me because he knows me well enough. He knew what was coming. And he couldn't say anything because he was across the way and he wasn't going to say anything, but his eyes told me, just keep it together. And so the instructor goes, so, you know, talk about this. So what do you think is, what, why do you think that happened? And all I could say was, I know I'm feeling a little bit uncomfortable. I know I feel a little tense. Um, I didn't want to come over and be aggressive with my leg walking aggressively, but I, I couldn't help it. And then when I was standing there, I didn't want to shift my weight because it would have been not graceful. It wouldn't have been quiet shifting. It would have been kind of clunky. And uh, I can't explain it other than that. And so I'm hoping you understand what I'm saying. And I said, I tried to give the horse respect. It wasn't ready for me yet. And I figured it was because of what I looked like or what they could sense about me. So I gave it respect. And she said, well, I would say that you're correct, that holding that tension in the horse felt it. She said, but Horses aren't looking for you to give them respect and pulling back. They actually see that as a sign of you rejecting them. And so he was like, I don't want this. This this isn't good for me. And they just have just natural instincts to persevere and to push forward and to survive. So I wasn't going to give him any of that. So I kind of slowly walked back over to the horse my husband and I had started with and he said, why don't you take this one? Because she said, why don't we all switch around? And I said, no, I think I'm going to go to the other one. The ladies had left the other horse. It was a gray horse. It was really pretty and very calm, didn't really move. 
But then I was also sitting there thinking, what happens if this one walks away from me? I don't think I can do it. And it was almost like that instructor knew. She goes, why don't we harness the horses up right now so they can't go anywhere and you can actually just be with them and you don't have to worry about anything. That wasn't necessarily to me. She spoke it to the group, but I know it was for me. <laughs> and uh, that was a very kind thing um, to do. So the horses were put on a harness and they were just kind of wrapped around the, the gate. And I was up against the this gray one. And it was a beautiful horse. And it didn't pull its way away. It didn't jerk. And I was now conscious about how I was holding my body. And I just sat there and stroked it and felt the nose. It sniffed me. And it kind of just turned away like it didn't really care I was there or not. And then I was petting its shoulder. And man, they're just amazing, amazing animals to be up against, to see from a distance, it's one thing, but man, to be right up against them an inch from them, it's incredible. Well, the next step was, if you feel comfortable, she said to all of us, go ahead and lean up against their stomach and feel and be a part of their breathing. And oh, well, that's interesting. I'd love to try that. Let's see if this thing doesn't pull away from me and make me fall on my face. We'll, we'll see. So, I got up against the horse and, you know, chest to, to stomach and it had some really nice, big, long, deep breaths that pushed me back and then brought me in. And then I noticed starting to almost pant, realized that my breathing had gone up. So then I reconnected with myself and I slowed myself down. And as soon as I consciously became aware of my slower breathing, the horse took a nice big deep breath in and out. It was incredible how we were mirroring each other or maybe it was mirroring me only. Um, and then she's like, lean into him, you know, go ahead if you feel comfortable. So I had my arms across the horse's back, totally leaning in. Like if this horse moves out of my way, I'm going forward. My leg isn't going to be able to catch me because my leg isn't under me anymore. It's behind me. And I just sat there and for like, I don't know, five or 10 minutes, we just sat there with the horse. It was amazing. So once that was done and that little exercise was done, she said, let's unharness them and see what happens now. And I thought, okay, here we go. Rejection time. Be ready. You can do this, but stay calm. Be present. You know, you can do this. Unharness the horse and my horse stayed. Yeah, a couple minutes pass. It's still letting me pet it. I'm by its face. It's looking at me. It's looking around. It's now starting to fall asleep. It's wonderful. I'm like, it was, I'm like, okay, so I must be calm enough if the horse is kind of starting to close its eyes. This is great. It trusts me. I trust it. All of a sudden, the horse, you know, the one that rejected me earlier was the next horse over and over with, uh, next to the one I was with. And um, my husband was with that one, petting it. That horse, that beautiful brown and white rejecting horse, pushed this gray horse out of the way, came straight at me, face to face at me, and literally was less than a half an inch from my face as I stood there like, whoa. And I could see its eye and it looked at me and then it kind of nuzzled my face and then it pushed over my shoulder around my neck, laid its head on my shoulder while I pet it. And I thought, what? Wow, like the same horse that made me feel just abandoned, alone, vulnerable, now accepted me. And I thought, man, 
it's accepting me. Does that mean that maybe I've accepted myself and I have found where my weak point is? So we're going to go with that. I sat there and pet it. It never left my side. The other horses started to mill around. This one went down to my foot. It sniffed up my prosthetic, sniffed around it, licked it a little, got up to the socket, and then it started to rub its head like um, up against it, like it was like had an itch in its ear. It was rubbing back and forth, almost to the point of pushing me over. I had to literally brace myself, and it was just loving on it, just trying to figure it out. I think I don't know. Then it came back up and it looked me right in the face again and it kind of pushed against my face, put its head over my shoulder again and I was just petting it this whole time. And then it reached down to my hands and it started sniffing my hands and it started to nibble at my hands and lick my hands. And I was like to the instructor, I'm like, is this a good thing? And she said, it's just saying, hey, how are you? And I was like, okay, I'll take that. It's better than the rejection I felt a little while ago. Anyway. That horse sat there with me the rest of the time. Finally, the instructor said, okay, um, we have to go because <laughs> time is up. And I was like, I don't want to go. But I, you know, I took a look at it. It looked me right in the eye. I bent over to it. Um, I'll have a picture. I got to put on the web, my website, the www.beawarrior360.com. Um, where you can hear these podcasts, but I will put a picture up there of me face to face that my husband took. Um, I'm so grateful that he sees these moments and he realizes how important that moment was for me. Um, He got a picture of me looking the horse straight up the muzzle into the eye. I gave it a kiss and I just whispered, thank you. Because it uncovered something, I guess, deep inside of me. Um, As much as I have enjoyed my last couple of years and I'm living my life to its fullest as an amputee. I know there are times when I feel awkward, um, a little self-conscious when I'm trying something new, even though I'll do it doesn't mean I'm just carefree and free flowing with things. I try new things. I like to be good at everything I do. Um, unfortunately that's the perfectionist in me that I need to let go of because Everything you start out for the first time, if you want to learn something new, you got to let go of the insecurities. You're not going to be good at something the first time you do it. And there's always room for improvement. So um, I think that is a little bit of the heart of me. And, you know, I put stuff out there and I'm vulnerable just like everybody else. Um, am I perfect on the things that I show? Absolutely not. And that's why I put things out on social media because I want other people to see that it's okay to do things at your pace, at your level and enjoy the journey. Okay. This isn't a race to a finish line. It should be a journey that you get to embrace every moment of it for what it's worth, whether it's good, bad, or ugly at that time. And there have been all of those in the last seven, eight years of my life with all my knee issues. But I will take this moment of rejection and profound insight into my own vulnerability and I will run with it and I will use it as a platform because it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay not to know what's next. It's okay not sure of how you'll succeed or how this journey will take you in a different direction that you weren't expecting. So we go to turn after I said thank you to the horse. 
and we go and turn and I start walking out. Everybody else is already out. My husband's out. The two other ladies are out. Their horses are like, yep, we're done. And they're off trying to get some food. My horse starts trotting after me to the gate. It tried to beat me to the gate. And the instructor was there and she said, no, 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 no. Sorry, Cherokee, you're not going. And at that moment, I was like, can I just stay? (laughs) I would have spent the next 24 hours with that horse. It was amazing. So as we go out, my husband looked at me (laughs) and, uh, you know, I use humor a lot, um, especially to get through these moments where, whew, that was, that was deep. And that was a strong, really hard rejection that I felt. Um, it, it really, it stung. And he looked at me, he goes, man, I hope that I'm, he goes, I'm glad that turned around because this would have been a very long rest of the weekend. He knows me so well. If that horse hadn't changed its tune with me, I would have been trying to figure that out for the next couple weeks. What happened? Why did that happen? Can't I make some changes? What was, what was wrong with me, right? What's wrong with me is what we say. And instead it was just not what was wrong with me, but what I was holding on to. You know, that, that's, that's important. That's deep inside. And sometimes it comes out and, you know, look at me. It took a horse that I'd never met before, never been around before to know a true inner self that was not connected. And I'm grateful for that moment. Um, I'm grateful for the sting and the hurt that I felt in the moment. And I am really grateful for the redemption at the end because it just made it all that much sweeter. So I take this to you guys because it does show my vulnerable side. I know you all have one. You may not even know what it is. I didn't know until I was there in the moment. And I had to think. I had to figure out what, what it was that I was holding on to. And um, it was it was powerful. I say it was profound. Um, It is something that has stuck with me so much that I have now reached out to friends out here in my neck of the woods that have horses. And I spent about three hours around a horse yesterday for the first time. I've, I never, I've never been to anybody's areas or ranches or whatever that have horses. And um, I found a beautiful horse yesterday, a nine-year-old. And, uh, and she's a sweetheart. And I'm really hoping through time that uh, that relationship grows and I will learn more about myself through her. So that is my story on embracing my vulnerability and I hope you embrace yours. Um, at the end of each episode, I like to put in some call to action. And I had to think about this one because it's going to kind of sound like the first ones. The first one I did with you, I asked you to kind of think about the things that you can't change anymore and to start being positive. But now, this one's going to take a little bit more work on your part. I will tell you right now with 100% certainty that everyone has a vulnerability. An Achilles heel kind of a thing. A place that may be so deep and so dark, you don't want to even acknowledge it. Because if you do, it might rear its ugly head. It might incapacitate you. It might be shown to other people, God forbid, that other people see that you're a normal person. But I want you to spend time with yourself. No distractions, no TV, no Instagram, no podcasts, 
no people around. And I want you to think about what it is that you feel is a vulnerability or a weakness in your life, in you. And I'm not quite sure what I really want you to do with it, but maybe, just maybe, owning up to it. Figuring it out is tough because some of us have just suppressed them, any vulnerability for so long and so deep that like I didn't even know that that was a possible vulnerability in me. But I want you to find it. I want you to search. I don't care how long it takes. If you don't feel it in the first 10, 15 minutes of sitting quietly with yourself or while you're in the shower in the morning getting ready for work or whatever, keep searching. If you're really honest with yourself, you'll find it. And I believe that if you find it and you own it, then you can get through it versus hiding it. And hiding it's not going to be good for anybody because it's eventually going to rear its ugly head. It's kind of like having an argument with someone, but you've only had the argument within yourself because you don't want to really tell them that you're upset with something they've done or said. But it eventually kind of comes out, especially in the heat of another battle or another fight or argument. (laughs) Um, You don't want that. You don't want some weakness of yours coming out in an inopportune time and destroying a relationship or destroying you. So I want you to go on a hunt. Your call to action this week is to go on a hunt, an internal hunt. Find your vulnerability. Find your weakness. Own it. Write it down. What is it? It's, it's going to probably come, it's come out as kind of a fear almost. Because my fear is, is, is looking stupid when I do things. So I want to look like I got my stuff together, right? And that's what that horse saw. I was trying to keep my gait together. I was trying to be strong looking like I was in control, that I could work with horses and I was, you know, I could be loved by any horse. It didn't matter if it was an introvert. And you know what? It took the horse to say, I see you, you're a poser. (laughs) And I don't want to be a poser. I want to be transparent. That's how you build real relationships. And that's how you solidify the ones you've got. No one wants to see a perfect friend because everybody else goes home and thinks, well, that's not what my life looks like. Man, she's got it all together. No, I don't have it all together. I'm just willing to try. I'm willing to follow my face. And then I will share with you my successes. But along the way, I'm trying to show also the journey that's tough. And this was a tough one. But I'll tell you what. I feel so much more free and I feel even more free that I'm telling you about it right now because it is out there. There's no holding it back. Everyone knows what my weakness or my vulnerability is. So your call to action, spend time with yourself, give yourself that love and let yourself be vulnerable. When you do figure it out, like I said, owning it will be half the battle. And then you've got to decide what you're going to do with it. Are you going to suppress it again? You don't want anybody to know? Or maybe talk about it. Find a really good friend. You know what? Better yet, even reach out to me. I would love to hear and talk with you. You can DM me on Instagram. You can write on my Facebook or my uh, website. And I'll comment back. I will definitely comment back. Um... Sometimes just talking about it 
is a healing process in itself. So I selfishly am healing myself right now speaking to you about it. So move on. Push through your weakness. Push through that vulnerability. Own it. Because that's a part of you. And once you own it, then you can push through it, push past it, and move on. And then guess what? You're going to find something else that you'll find is a vulnerability. It changes, right? Like the the tides of the ocean. It's going to ebb and it's going to flow and it's going to just change as your journey continues in this life. Well, I want you to get out there and I want you to embrace your vulnerabilities. That would make me feel happy. And I hope that you learned something from this in any aspect. If you're a horse person, man, the healing power they have, right? If you're an amputee or someone with an injury and you're struggling, maybe find yourself a place where you can go and connect one-on-one with a horse. I'm not talking about riding it. Just spend time around it. Even sitting in a chair near one will give you time to reflect within yourself. They see right through you. It's, it's amazing to me. All right. So moving on, I am really, really excited. Next week, I'm going to give a shout out to Levitate Sport. Um, They are a company out of Denmark. And I will be on Instagram live this Thursday, 11 a.m. Mountain Standard Time or Arizona time. And speaking to Lass and Andrew, uh, the owners of the company, and they have an amazing mission. And they will then be my guests next week's podcast. I cannot wait to introduce you guys. Please subscribe to Beautiful Adaptive Warrior on my website, www.beawarrior360.com or on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, whatever your platform is. And then please share it with people that you think um, could use the message that I am putting out there and connect with me. Let me know how it's going. Let me know where you're at in your journey in this life and whether you're in a journey with injury or amputation or just even mental health. Because we're all kind of struggling with that right now, aren't we? Thank you for joining me here on Beautiful Adaptive Warrior. And please feel free to reach out to me. Um, I would love to hear your stories and your journeys. And until next time, be healthy, be happy, you.